from being a little kid and wanting to grow up and be an astronaut or something like that, but I've always enjoyed reading about, you know, outer space, and even now I'll find articles online about space travel, and I'll read about them. In fact, when I'm traveling out of state and we're heading out through the desert, I actually stay at an RV park called the Mojave Spaceport RV Park. Not as fancy as it sounds, but it does, it is near a space park, port. But I was always infatuated with space travel. And, and actually, in some of my reading, um, recently I came across an article that even Buzz Aldrin, uh, this was one I didn't know, that when, when Buzz Aldrin was on the moon, before they took back off, when they spent some time there in the lunar module, he actually took communion while on the moon. That's the only time that has ever happened. That was a story that was intriguing to me, and I, I didn't know that. And you can look that up for yourself and see. He actually brought a handwritten note with scripture on it that he read out loud when he did that. On the moon, it didn't get a lot of press, um, maybe for different reasons, but um, that did happen. I thought that was kind of intriguing. And, and as a kid, you know, learning about different things and about outer space, I remember watching over and over again the movie The Right Stuff. We had it on two VHS tapes. Couldn't fit on one because it's a big movie. Two VHS tapes. I remember watching that movie over and over again because I wanted to be an astronaut. We had this old world book encyclopedia at our house. This is before you had online encyclopedias. And... It only went up to 1966, but I remember reading about the Mercury 7 astronauts over and over again and the first Gemini flights. We didn't make it to the moon. I didn't find out until we got a newer encyclopedia. But um, I was infatuated with this. I wanted to learn more and more about outer space. Recently, my in-laws went to a, a museum somewhere, and my father-in-law purchased a meteorite, and he let me borrow it this morning. And the first thing I wanted to do when he showed me this meteorite, I said, can I touch it, right? I wanted to feel what the meteorite felt like. After services, if you want to touch it, I'll let you too. He gave me permission. But I remember this thinking, wow, I'm holding in my hand something that's been in outer space. I'm never going to probably get to go there unless I become really good friends with Elon Musk. So, I mean, right now, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to happen. So, this is the closest thing I have to outer space. This is part of a larger object that at one time was flying through space, broke off, came down to this earth, landed in a big crater. I think they said it was New Mexico or something like that. But this has been in outer space. How cool is that? And, and as a kid, the thought of, of traveling there, you know, just seems so amazing and so you know, otherworldly to think that maybe one day I'll get to do that. And I know the reality is I probably won't. But part of space travel that, that's interesting is kind of the mechanics of how we get there and the risk involved and, and, and all the engineering and all the building and all the planning that goes. And one of the things that's the most difficult part about space travel is not leaving this earth, but it's coming back. Right now, all the things in the works are about reusable launch vehicles. Because you know what happens when we launch a space shuttle into outer space? All those big, giant, million-dollar rockets fall off, right? They, they, they use them up, they burn up, they fall to the Earth, fall to the ocean, burn up in the atmosphere, and that's it. And the big challenge, then, is coming back to Earth. It's easy to leave Earth, but it's hard to come back. And I was thinking about this concept about how easy it is sometimes for us to leave earth, but the concept of it coming back and my, my intriguing nature when it comes to wanting to learn more about space travel, I'm thinking, I think this is one of the reasons why I'm drawn to Jesus. Is Jesus left this earth and came back? You know, I've known a lot of people that left this earth. I know a lot of people that have died. None of them came back, but Jesus did. 
And this week, um, I had someone asking me a question about how would you differentiate Christianity from every other religion? And I was, well, it's Jesus. Jesus left this earth and he came back. All other religious leaders throughout history are from this world. They were born here. This is where they're from. This is where they died. Jesus, though, came from outside of this world, came to this earth, left the world, and then came back, and then ascended to come back one time again. That's what makes Jesus so special, and that is why we should follow him today, because he is out of this world. So instead of being so excited about a meteorite, I should be excited about the fact that I'm clothed with Christ, that I get to know him, that I get to partake of him, and that one day I'm going to get to spend eternity with him. So this morning what I want to do is just I want to share with you a few scriptures that prove this idea that Jesus is out of this world. And as we make more advancements as a people, when it comes to space travel and things, use that as a reminder of the fact that Jesus already did that a long time ago in a whole lot more exciting fashion, and no one else is ever going to do it the way that he did. Let me prove it to you. Jesus is not of this world because Jesus' beginning is otherworldly. In 1 John chapter 1, in verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Prior to Jesus becoming Jesus, he was called the Word. It's the Greek word logos. So there's Jesus. And it says that he was with God in the beginning. And he also was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him. And without him was nothing made that was made. Jesus has always been existing. That's what makes him out of this world. Everything else in this universe hasn't always existed. It was created, but Jesus Christ is the creator. Jesus Christ pre-existed all of that. And that pre-existing eternal Jesus came to earth in the form of a man. In verse 14 it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So point number one this morning, Jesus is out of this world because he eternally exist. He is forever. He has no beginning. He has no end. He is the alpha. He is the omega. The, you know, every meteorite, every spacecraft, all of that has a beginning and will have an ending. But Jesus Christ does not. And that's what makes him out of this world. The fact that he eternally exists. What else makes Jesus so special? What else makes Jesus so out of this world? Let's keep reading. In Luke chapter 1, verse 31, a passage I know you're familiar with. It's probably read more often around Christmas time. But you have an angel coming to Mary, telling Mary that you have found favor with God. And he says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Then later on in verse 35, it says, And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come on you, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And you therefore will be born, or therefore the child to be born will be called the Holy Son of God. Every other religious leader of every world religion throughout history that has ever existed, great moral teachers, great writers, whatever, all of them had a normal beginning. Jesus didn't though. Jesus is out of this world because his arrival was miraculous. It didn't come from the way humans are normally born, right? He came, it was a virgin birth. 
It was a miraculous birth. And when the Holy Spirit caused Mary to conceive and give birth through the Son of God, you have God becoming flesh and dwelling among us. His incarnation shows that He is out of this world. His origination is outside of this realm. He comes to this realm in a way that's different than any other religious leader throughout history. Number three, Jesus is perfect sinless, self-sacrificing life also shows that he is out of this world. Think about every other, you know, great leader throughout history, especially religious leaders. Oftentimes, the religion that they are creating is about serving them. What can they get? What can they glean? How can they have power? How can they have wealth? That's not Jesus, though. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 describes Jesus. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet was without sin. There are no perfect religious leaders. There are no perfect people. I'm not a perfect person. But Jesus Christ was. He was without sin. Everybody else who's ever been on this earth sins. We all do it. We better admit it. But Jesus doesn't have to admit it. Because Jesus never sinned. That makes him out of this world. Number four, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection proves that he is out of this world. I won't put it up on the screen, but if you'd like to open up your Bibles, the 1 Corinthians 15, we read about how amazing this feat was. This is the most amazing event that has ever happened in the history of creation. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 1, it says, now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you receive, and which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast to the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. And then he says this. He says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to the apostles, and Paul says, ultimately, he even appeared to me. That is out of this world. People don't normally die and come back. If someone says they saw somebody who died and came back, we say they're crazy. But here you have Jesus appearing to his disciples, more than 500 people at one time, and he even convinced his own brother that he was a resurrected son of God. You want to talk about something convincing, the fact that his brothers who knew him in the home later believed that he was the resurrected Lord, and they were willing to die for that. Proof that Jesus is the son of God. His death his burial and resurrection shows that Jesus is out of this world. And then finally, Jesus' ascension proves and his final return will show that he is out of this world. Let's read Acts chapter 1. This is right after you know, Jesus has been meeting with his disciples. The resurrection has already happened and he's about to go home to heaven to await his final return. And in verse 6, his disciples ask him a question. They said to him, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs of which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, 
and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the othermost parts of the earth. Then verse 9 it says, and after he had said these things, he was lifted up. See, he left this world. He was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. Think about how many people traveled down to Cape Canaveral to watch, you know, the space shuttle launch, to see it leave this atmosphere. I remember several months ago, we left here, I think it was on a Sunday night, and they were doing one of those rocket launches, maybe out of Vandenberg or something, and we stood out here in this parking lot and watched it leave our atmosphere, and how cool that was to see the big vapor trail, then it, boop, looked like a star, right, kind of taken off. We like seeing those things. But here you have the disciples watching Jesus ascend into the clouds, and while they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them, and they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come just in the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Jesus came to this earth. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He came back, and he ascended into heaven to come back once again one day in judgment, you know, on judgment day. That's what makes Jesus out of this world. That's what makes Jesus so special. So the question that was asked of me, what makes Christianity different from all other religions? And I'm not bashing other religions. I'm not saying there isn't good people in other religions. I'm not saying there isn't moral teaching in other religions. But what makes Christianity different from every other religion that has ever existed is Jesus. That's what makes it different because Jesus is out of this world. So, you know, as a kid, having that, that infatuation with space travel and astronauts and, and meteorites and rocket ships, that's all great. That's pretty amazing. And you know what? I'm going to still be, think it's cool to hold that meteorite. But one day, I'm going to get to hold Jesus. One day, you know, you think about Thomas, the one thing he wanted to do was touch Jesus, right? One day, I'm going to get to be in his presence for all eternity. One day, I'm going to get to spend time in the Father's house with my resurrected Lord who is out of this world. And I, too, will leave this world like Jesus did. If that doesn't motivate you to follow Jesus, I don't know what will. His life on this earth was out of this world. His birth was out of this world. His teaching was out of this world. His miracles were out of this world. His death, burial, and resurrection was out of this world. And the way he is going to come back is definitely going to be out of this world. So my encouragement to you today is this. If you're not following Jesus, I don't know who you're following. If you don't choose to follow Jesus, you're missing out because there is only one who is out of this world, and that's Jesus Christ, my Lord, and I want him to be your Lord too. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian, if you're here today and you haven't submitted yourself to Jesus Christ in baptism, having your sins washed away, clothing yourself with him, do that today. If you've left him, come back to him today because that amazing Jesus truly is out of this world and he loves you and cares for you and wants to spend eternity with you when this world ends. If you have a need, why don't you come forward as together we stand and as we sing. Praise to its brain.